Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and live a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your copy of my book, Arise and Shine, check out www.juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Canada-born husband and wife Chris Raidmaker and Jody King make up the award-winning duo Love and the Outcome. Over the past nine years, Love and the Outcome has had best-selling albums, songs that have hit and hung at the top of the Billboard charts, over 23 million streams on Spotify, and multiple Dove Award nominations. Jody is a wife, a mom to two young sons, Milo and Ziggy, and above all else, she's the daughter of the king. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Jody's book, social pages, and some of my favorite songs by Love and the Outcome. Without much further ado, please welcome Jody King. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland. And I am so excited that y'all are joining me today because I have a very special guest, Ms. Jody King from Love and the Outcome. Welcome! Thanks, Julianne. I'm so pumped. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, okay, how Jody and I got this interview together, they had posted um, on their Instagram feed a post that said, We love all the letters, LBGTQ. And then I didn't actually see that post yet. I saw the next thing they did, I guess the next day. One, I was caught off guard because you were in a Super Mario shirt. And I was like, that's my lady right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they went on to talk about how y'all had lost over 600 followers, but you were gaining followers, mostly teenagers, mostly suicidal teenagers that feel like they've been ostracized and that they aren't being allowed to have these important, thoughtful conversations in their family circles and in their church circles. And that you as a band, y'all feel that your job is to love. It's not to convict. And like, I I was like, yes, yes. Say it again, because our job is to gather, you know, Mm -hmm. and Jesus is going to sort the rest out. So Jody, talk a little bit about that message. Oh man. Um, I'm so happy to, thanks for asking. Not everyone wants to have hard conversations. That's one thing I've realized, um, that we really need to normalize is just our curiosity, um, to know each other. Yeah. Like if we don't want to know each other, we don't want to love each other. Right. You know, when we say we love everybody, what we really mean is like, if you're like me (laughs) and have my same views, right. Um, it's, it's hard. And I mean that speaking to myself because, um, when we post stuff like that, we, we want to enter into those hard conversations on every side of the spectrum from people that feel more seen and loved. That's the main reason for doing it. Um, but also to, to not convict people who don't agree with us, right. Cause we can be like that on the other side too, but to hopefully, um, have really nuanced new conversations because you can, we can hold our views so strongly until you meet someone face to face who um, like for me is gay and loves the Lord. And you're just like, wow, you're beautiful. I'm meeting Jesus through your life. 
I can no longer stand where I stood on this issue or that issue. And so I feel like when we have these conversations and even more than that, when the conversation starts to change your value system enough to have real friends Mm. um, that are diverse and beautiful, that's when it really changes for me and for Chris. That's when it, family members, friends, um, you know, it's just been beautiful to have real friends living and loving Jesus um, in their own unique ways. And then you can't just stand back with your views. You lean in with your love. And the more that we're starting to do that in our real life, the more it affects our social media, um, which is where that post came from. So we never post about things. We're not trying to live in real time. Um, and in the month of June, especially, we always get a lot of beautiful messages, um, from the gay community just saying, Hey, are you going to see us again? Are you going to love publicly us again? Mm -hmm. And we're always like, yes, of course, absolutely. And we do it knowing that, um, and this year in particular, it's over a thousand at this point, people that have just said, see you later. Um, we lost every show in the month of July. We lost six shows. Um, everyone canceled, um, our shows after that post. Um, and that was, we felt it this year, like in a a more real way in terms of providing for our family. And I don't mean that in a boohoo, woe is us. I just mean it was real. And I think because of, um, abortion issues, LGBTQ, the world is so unable to have nuanced conversations right now. Whereas the first time we posted, probably three or four years ago, we hardly lost any followers. People were a little bit more able to engage. Um, And so I don't know what that all says, but it's crazy right now. And it honestly took us by surprise how crazy it got. Um, The sad thing to us was that most people that canceled didn't really even want to have a conversation about why. It was just this sort of standoff-ish. And hey, I get it. We're all at different points in our um, life and then being able to talk about the things that we're wrestling through. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like shame. I don't mean that in a shaming way. I just mean um, we have to keep having these conversations or nothing, nothing will ever change. So that's a really long answer to um, just sort of what we've been living in and through and since that post. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been doing this series on my podcast. It's the Overcomer series and it's Ordinary mm-hmm. Women Overcoming Extraordinary Obstacles. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, what 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 would this this Overcomer series episode be titled with Jody Overcoming Celebrity because you've experienced mm-hmm. that tide of cancel culture and what mm-hmm. that looks like on the flip side, you know, we think, oh, they're just, they're canceling all these crazy beliefs, but it's like, you know what? No, the Christian culture, they'd be canceling too. (laughs) And it's it's hard and you've experienced that. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy. It's like, I haven't really known how public to be about the fallout because I want to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is loving each other. And I don't want it to become about Chris and I, because even the counseling we've received is so small compared to what people in these communities are experiencing. Um, and so thanks for asking and letting me 
share just all the sides of it because you're right. When we talk about follow counting the cost and following Jesus as a child, I thought that meant as a missionary on the other side of the world, you know, like, Oh, that would be so hard. And now I'm going in my hometown, in my industry, <laughs> with my job. Right. Wow. No, the, the narrow road is because loving everybody is, is so dang hard. Yeah. And following Jesus is not only like, it's just not a popular choice. Right. And I don't think I've ever seen it as much as I see it and experience it and feel it now. So you're right. It's um, counting the cost looks so different than I, I thought it would when I was 15. It's so true. And I've experienced the same thing as a, you know, kingdom entrepreneur. And I've had many churches and, and things be like, know your place. You're a woman. Know your place. I'm like, yeah, I do know my place. It's at the feet of Jesus. <laughs> right. That's my place, you know? And so it's, mm -hmm. it's so important again, to be having these conversations. And I love what Chris said on one of your posts. He said, um, you know, thinking about how Jesus would not have blocked Thomas. And I just got like Holy Spirit goosebumps. Oh, that gives me chills again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So talk a little bit about like mm -hmm. how you two together are just like, you know what? This is where we stand as a band. Yeah. Yeah. My sweet husband who just brought me tea. Um, so Chris is as blunt as it gets. People think Canadians are super friendly. I think we're just sort of blunt with a smile or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we're friendly, but um, I love when Chris shows up as himself and when I give him space to show up as himself, uh, which I still struggle with after 18 years of marriage, um, because like he's just for the space that we have found ourselves in, not a morning person, not a like feel good, pat you on the back, tell you what you want to hear. He's a, I'm going to tell you just honestly in love how I really feel and think. And he just is so great. Uh, dry sense of humor, misunderstood in the Christian space all the time by people thinking he needs to be the man, um, in ways that he, he is to be clear, the man, especially for me, um, in quiet, um, calm, confident ways. And just a side note, like to any listeners who are like, I want to find a leader, like, just know that leaders aren't always loud. They're not always preachers. They're not always charismatic. They're often just, I say what I do, do what I say and love you to hell and high water kind of people. Um, and that's Chris. And so when he said that, um, it was so him to say that. And I just feel like a lot of the time, what it got me thinking was, and Chris said this to me the other day, you know, the disciples weren't quote unquote Christians, as we would think, no, Jesus didn't make them say the sinner's prayer, sign on the dotted line and then come follow me. Jesus just said, come follow me. Right. And Chris says stuff like that all the time. And it just sort of, wow, he has a religion degree. He doesn't tell anyone that, but he knows the Bible real well. And, um, he just loves, loves to say how it is. So it's encouraging. I think to me, probably to everyone listening to go, I think often we sort of disqualify ourselves too. Like we just sort of think I didn't do this good enough. Didn't say this good enough. Didn't read my Bible long enough. Didn't do this, that, the other. And God's not keeping score that way. Right. He's just welcoming and loving everybody. That's right. And it's so true. And I love that, that y'all are open about sharing that because 
people do need to know that like we, we people are the ones that are making it so hard. We're the ones that are muddying the waters. Like yeah. the, the river of life is clear and it's abundant. And it's like, that is what Jesus has for us. And he did, he said, follow me. And he wasn't like, but yeah. the prerequisites, you know, and, and that yeah, but here's the list. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, in another episode or something, he said, I can't help but think of who Jesus would be hanging out with, like who he would be having dinner with. You know, he was yeah. flipping tables <laughs> in the churches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and the people that got sort of a little bit of a kick in the rear <laughs> were religious people who thought they knew everything. Yeah. And we're judging and man, I find myself on that side too often, you know, and it's just a good reminder to just really look at Jesus. Like you said, when you prayed at the beginning, like Jesus is it. And half the time, I think the things that have been majored on in my church experience are not things Jesus said or lived. And um, it's easy to just make other things idols that feel right because they support our belief system or they support where we stand. Um, it gets a lot messier when we just sort of step back and want to see, like when our prayer becomes, you know, change how I see. Yeah. Like, I want to see what you see and, and I want to see people you see because we see from our own vantage point, don't we? That's right. That's how we live. Okay. And we all do. We all enter in with our biases and our, our viewpoints. And so I, social media, man, I hate it and love it, but I love it for how it makes me, I try and follow people that don't see or feel or think like I do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's, we got to have boundaries around all that because it also can't be people that trigger you so badly that you go down rabbit holes. So it's really, it's, it's tough. It's like a, we all got to really be yeah. intentional, but I do not want just to follow people that are just like me. Cause that's just number one, boring. Number two, supporting my ego and, and my world and my platform. And I'm not on it for that. Like I'm on it to love people, you know? Yeah. That's really good. Um, so of all of your accolades, I mean, love and the outcome has been around for a while. You've been nominated for Dove Awards. You've been on top of the Billboard charts, over 23 million streams on Spotify. You're an author, like all these things to your celebrity, right? What for you has been maybe the hardest challenge that you've had to overcome as a celebrity? Mm. Just showing up as myself. Like... I, I think coming from Canada and not realizing how, what, it, how that is a little different, uh, how the language we speak, the way we say things, um, it's just a little different being in the middle of the South, uh, in the Christian music industry. And we played clubs and pubs and, and churches, um, and then ended up signing this Christian record deal. And it has been a dream come true on so many levels and it has been such a nightmare on so many levels too, to be totally honest. And that's not a comment on anybody. It's a comment on any time you sign up for a tribe or some sort of club. Yeah. There's rules. Yeah. There's rules attached to your membership. And I didn't understand that. I didn't appreciate, neither did Chris fully what we were signing up for. 
Um, I think we just were a little like, la, 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 like we were so excited. <laughs> and like, and it has because the, the streams and the, the things like you don't get that without a team. And so to any of our teammates listening who know how honest we are, we love you so much. And we love that you hang with us, even though we don't always see eye to eye, like our team, we couldn't do it without our team. And so there's so many wonderful things and there's so many hard things about being part of a club, especially the bias, the, the sort of community bias, the club bias, where you're a part of this sort of industry. And then all of a sudden you start seeing things a little differently and talking about it. And that's just brought with it a whole bunch of challenges. So continuing to show up as we are, because God called us, let us guide guided us here not to just blend in and forget who he made us to be. And so to anyone listening, like it's interesting how reaching your biggest goals and celebrating that on one hand is like, yay. And on the other hand, it's the hardest time ever to remember who you are and why you're there and what you have to say, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially as a woman, because I started flipping my hair a little more so that people would listen. And I started like blending into Chris a little more because people could listen to me more. If I was holding my husband's hand, mm-hmm. which I love to do anyway. So that was okay. But before I knew it, I was being a lot more of, um, of a tamed version of myself. Wow. And it took until honestly the last couple of years to just be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm still me. Yeah. My worth and value didn't come because I married a man. That's right. I worth and value for being me long before that without, without a husband, you know, that has been, the, and I think will continue to be the biggest challenge because, um, like the, the boat, the little book I wrote talks so much about that because I think we grow and get stronger at showing up as ourselves, but I don't think it ever goes away. The challenge of being a woman in the world and just trying to be ourselves. It's yeah. just always there. That's right. Well, and you know, God called us to be believers. We're not just to be achievers. And it's this, uh, this journey of yeah. always becoming. You don't, you don't ever reach the top. You can get goals and you can, you know, hit these different mountaintops, but it's always to be fully present with Jesus and like have his presence. Yeah be the thing, you know, whether you're at yeah. the mountaintop or the valley low, like his presence is the fullness of joy. Yeah. I'm so with you. I'm I'm thinking about that word joy as you say it, because it's so interesting how we think that we can achieve uh, joy, just even achieving, like it's, you're right. I relate to that so much. I mean, that's my default setting is achieving. Even when I don't know what I'm achieving, I think it'll make my bad day better if I just could achieve a few things. Right. <laughs> and Chris will be like, you've been like, kind of like, you know, especially like back in my house after a long time and endless to do list. And it's like, that's, I'll just start achieving who knows check, what. Check, check. Right. Yeah. Look at me, look at me go. Um, it's a lot. Achieving is easier than being for me. And uh, so that's always where the challenge comes in. And joy, like you were saying, um, is not a response to our situation or our achieving. You know, it's really a response to who God is yeah. always, every day for us. And that means joy can always be found. That's right. Like you said. Yeah. 
Um, you said the days. And it's, you know, you had written the song, Look What God Has Done. And mm. you start by saying, I faced my darkest hour. I wasn't strong enough, but he is faithful. And then you go on to say, if I had known the journey, I'd have given mm. up the fight, but he is faithful. Mm. Talk about what preceded that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, we um, are back in our house for a week after being out of our house uh, due to a big flood. Our whole street flooded. I'm actually looking out over my street. Um, so we were displaced for a year and a half as a family. Um, and we wrote most of our album in that season. And a lot of it before the flood and then a lot of it in that flooded house season. And we'd never really gone through something so hard. Um, in in as a family chris and i chris's uh, mom passed away uh, on one of our anniversaries but we didn't have kids yet and that was a different kind of trauma a different kind of hard but as a family with small kids who travel and home was a safe place yeah and then it was so disrupted and not safe um after it flooded and ruined and took sort of all of our favorite things and memory or wedding album flooded anything that was on the floor and like a couple feet up just ruined which turns out water damage that means like everything that means we we literally had to put the house back together um from the ground up and we elevated it five feet off the ground so i'm looking over my street legit up five feet um and even this view is on a sunny day beautiful and at night hard because the flood happened at night and this beautiful field full of trees, which was the reason we bought our house, um, was an ocean. They had to send a rescue boat down our street. How much water flooded our street. And so it's really interesting, right? When you say things um, as a believer, as a Christian, like we really felt like God led us here. Well, I've spent the whole last year and a half wondering what that means mm. because we throw around these cliche phrases um, and before something really hard happens, they work. Right. God's good all the time. All the time. God is good. All the time. All the time. <laughs> and now we're like, yeah, God is good. And life is hard. That's right. And both of those are true at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the combination of those two things is a deeper truth than just one on its own. And it, both are true. But for me, when people say my truth, that used to throw me off a lot and it doesn't anymore because that just means God in my experience. That's right. And both matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and me showing up as myself is bringing that truth to the table. Yeah. And so that's kind of what that means for me looking out here going, okay, we really did feel God guided us to this house. And I do believe that we're always being guided, but that doesn't mean that it's just easy all the time. That means God did guide us here for the good, the bad, and the ugly times to see his faithfulness, yeah. to get more resilient, to learn what it means to cry with your kids um, to say that God is with us, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Right. Um, that life is hard, but it doesn't mean God isn't present 
or to go, maybe you don't feel like he is right now and that's okay. So it's just really, un, it's undone a lot of our cliches mm. and taken us to deeper truth and helped us see people that are living in trauma every day so much worse. I mean, that's even funny, worse than ours, but truly worse than ours. We were able to put our home back together. And there are people five minutes from me that were not able to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been over there as much as possible, trying to be with each other. Um, but it's just the reality that we're privileged in our suffering. Our family is white and has credit cards and you know, that in and of itself means that I was able to, and even, and barely. So if I was able to barely put my home back together, it just shows me that when you see on the news, people living through these hardships and before now, I was always so confused, like, how does this happen? And people just end up on the street or not. It's like, this is how this happens. You have in your home because you can't afford it. And that's how it goes. And it's just been a really eye-opening experience on every level. And so when we play, look what God has done, we preface it by saying, not look what God has done and made my life turn out just storybook like I thought it would. No, nothing's turned out like I thought it would. And look how God has done so much in the rubble of our life. That's right. That's right. And you do, you get to discover these new multifaceted just ways of life that you, you wouldn't have been able to see before. Yeah. And and there's so much beauty from those ashes. Yeah. Literally beauty from ashes. You're so right. I mean, it was Ziggy's fifth birthday yesterday and all he wanted was to have it at his house. And we told him he could because the date kept getting pushed back and back and back, but we thought surely by then we'll be back in. Well, we got in six days before his birthday I mean, talk about, it is so humbling even now going, our front yard is dirt and sand and our home has zero furniture besides literally the chair that I'm sitting in and our backyard has a trampoline, but hey, Ziggy, if you want your party at our house, we're going to go ahead and have a party at our house and we're not going to wait till it's perfect because that's a myth. It's never going to happen. We have front steps that people can get into our house. We're going to have this party. And so we just want to keep living um, like that, like with the main thing, the main thing, like this is a home for community. This is a home where life happens. This is a home where I don't want to apologize for having kids. This is a home where I want you to be a messy house friend and come in and just be here with me, couch or no couch, you know, again, Sit on the floor. And I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. And all of a sudden try and make this perfect. It has to be livable. It has to be us. Authentic to who you are and who God is, is leading you to be in this season. That's so good. Yeah. 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 That's good. Okay. Jody, you ready for speed round? Oh, I hope so. I'm not very speedy these days, but I'm (laughs) doing my best. (laughs) Take a sip of your tea and get ready. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Ready? Yep. Favorite food, pizza or tacos? God, those are both my favorite food. I'm going to say pizza. I'm going to say pizza. Okay. Which one of you, between you and Chris, is more likely to let the kids get away with stuff? Me. (laughs) I love it. Easy. 
What is the most, your most favorite song that you've recorded? Ah, uh, probably City of God off record number one. Awesome. That's so cool. What is a bucket list destination for you and Chris to go escape to? Oh man, currently, because the list is long. Mm, probably Spain is top of the list right now. Spain, what are you going to do in Spain? Well, Chris planned this whole thing and then I um, got my passport soaked in my kid's water bottle to the point that my picture wasn't visible. And so we had to cancel the whole trip. And then, so I have no plans, but Chris has many and I just want to go. I just want to go because he loves me and plan a trip. So from, you know, moving forward, let's keep the passport in maybe like a Ziploc container. <laughs> Literally in a Ziploc in my purse, always forevermore in a Ziploc. Yeah. <laughs> Forever shall it be. All moms, hot tip. Like just keep those important documents in a Ziploc. It's just, you'll think of like, that. yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite book in the Bible? Oh, uh, Psalms has been all I've really been able to read <laughs> being too honest on this podcast. Uh, the Bible got a little bit tricky for me, um, at the beginning of COVID into having no shows or jobs or being able to see family across the border, mm. uh, deconstructing flooding. Um, I felt like so much of it had been like weaponized, um, that I just needed to get back to either reading the red letters of what Jesus was saying and reading the Psalms. Cause I felt like David's all over the shop most of the time crying, weeping, joyful. And I can just relate to that so much in this season of life. So it's been a red letter verse and a Psalm a day. That's kind of been my diet currently. That's so good. And that, that's so important to hear. I'm so grateful that you did um, offer up that in, in complete transparency because so often, I mean, here you are a public figure, you know, for the kingdom as a public figure. And you're like, I couldn't read the Bible in this season. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's good. That's because again, like that's what makes it so standoffish to people who are curious, but almost yeah. afraid to be curious because they think, oh, if I mess up, oh, if I if I'm, if I'm questioning how this works or, or what was said here, I'm not yeah. worthy. It's not for me. It's like, right. no precious. That's not what Jesus says. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. What you just said is so big because we write ourselves off then, right? If we can't do the massive to-do list of saving everyone in the world, hopefully at least our kids and reading all the Bible verses and doing devotions as a family and this, that, and the other, in the end, that's actually working for our salvation. Yeah. And that's what we claim that we don't have to do, but we work pretty dang hard, don't we? Yeah. Like that's what we sort of been programmed to do. And it's like in this season of having such a low amount of energy to go around, um, I just felt like God was like, please let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Time so to be, can, Jody. Just be. Yeah, just be like so that I can I can actually show myself to you in new ways. Because if we only know how to meet God in our devotions in this specific way, what happens when the shiz hits the fan, you know, and you're just like, I don't know, I don't know how to meet God anymore, you know, because I only did it in this way. 
And so these real disruptions and interruptions are really uncomfortable, but so good for like finding new pathways, you know? Yeah. So I had this, uh, awake conference that I hosted, um, last March and shine girl shine. That's like, that's like my phrase, <laughs> but I love it. Thank you. We talked a lot about how, you know, the, the tarnish of silver, right? How the silver mm-hmm. is brilliant, but when it's tarnished by the outside conditions coming in and it mm. tarnishes that silver to where it doesn't shine anymore. And mm. it's like, there are times in our life where we just got to get in there. We've got to allow God to scrub clean that tarnish and to really polish that mm. silver because our shine is the reflection of the glory mm. and the brilliance of the Lord. And it's like, mm. if we can just talk about being off the hook of having to perform shine, just being able to just reflect God shine, like how I love that so much. I love that. That's what you called it because I feel like, especially as females, we're not encouraged to shine a lot. Yeah. Especially not with too much, like, you know, like this really performing outfit or sequins or like, I remember reading those all the time and going, but I love wearing my sequin red suit. And I love, (laughs) you know, I like my shiny lip gloss. Like it's so confusing to girls that are excited and then really not excited to show up as themselves if they're not allowed to be shiny. Right. Like it's so confusing. So I'm really, really thankful for that, for that phrase that you use. That's good. It's a good one. All right. Um, last one, what is your go-to like decompress thing to do? Hmm. Uh, probably in this, I'm just going to speak in this season because it shifts from time to time. Like the things that are saving my life in different seasons are different. Um, right now it would be, uh, working moms with a glass of wine, watching the show, working moms on Netflix with a glass of wine when the kids are in bed and I just be yeah. Red, white, or blush. Red, red. It's good. Full body. I like it. My kind of girl, super Mario t-shirt. Full body red. That's it. That's it. Okay. Last last question, Jody. What would you tell the woman who has been ostracized, persecuted, the one who feels isolated and unwanted in this particular season of her life? What is one piece of advice, inspiration, a tool? What would you tell Mm -hmm. her? Well, first of all, I think I would just say that, like, you feel alone, but God has never been more with you and more for you. Even if it feels like every girlfriend in your life has sort of just decided that you're not included, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you're included. Yeah. You're included. Um, It just might mean you need to make your own new like wine party night. Um, it might mean, um, that you need to sort of let go of friendships that don't serve you anymore. It might mean, um, that you need to just smile at that one person that might feel the same way. And then the two of you could maybe be together. Um, it might just mean that things look different and feel uncomfortable, but, um, 
you're right where you're supposed to be. Um, maybe just being made new and making something a little new um, in this new season. I feel like uh, I have a lot of friends, um, including myself, who don't fit where they used to fit. Just don't feel like they belong where they used to belong. Mm. And that can be so hard in so many different ways. A lot of my friends, it's long friendships. It's longtime friendships that um, just don't work anymore. Um, And that's hard, especially if you're a real loyal person. So just kind of honoring yourself and where you are and, and maybe just trying to reach out to that one other person that might feel the same way so that you could be less lonely. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. And the thing is, like, that's exactly what I did here. I saw you in a Super Mario shirt. You were talking about a message. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the world says, like, oh, who are you to reach out to her? You know? And it's like, stop, stop putting these um Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't have yeah. to do that. And so that's yeah. I'm so glad you said that when you, when you connect with somebody, there's a reason for that. I totally believe in divine appointments. Like God is putting the right I people in your path. I do too. Yeah. And I, someone once said, I think, I think it was Charlotte Gamble. I heard her speak. I was, I think I was singing at a women's conference when I was like 25 and she said, own your zone. And it just stuck with me because yeah. she was pretty much just saying, you don't need to overthink this if god is putting someone in front of you um and they're in your zone of life in your pickup line in your daycare moms like you're one of two picking up your kid and they're there and you just feel like they also look like this is hard okay own your zone you don't need to make it super complicated your neighbor like who's right in that zone of your life that you can just go you know i've seen her a few times now I'm just gonna like send a text or I'm just gonna be like, hi, and smile. Maybe that's it to start. But it was just such a good reminder how we can overcomplicate things or disqualify ourselves. Like, oh no, 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 it's so cool that you do that. You reach out to people or you initiate. Like, I don't, I'm not that kind of person. Maybe it's time to become your version of that kind of person. Yeah. Doesn't need to be big and bold and loud and crazy. You can just be like, hey, I'm like, we're just gonna stay at the playground an extra five minutes. Like. Or, or just go to the playground, like see who shows up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jody, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your willingness to just continue to pour in to all the, the audience that you have and the, and the fan base that you have using your platform to advance the kingdom. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julianne. You're doing that. You're doing that. We all get to do that in our own ways nobody has a platform or doesn't or a ministry or doesn't we're all ministers of love and i just i'm so grateful that you wanted to hang out this has been good girl time for me (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) i'm stealing your one-liner you know god is love and we are the outcome Mm. so good amen sister All right, my friends, that's all we have for you today. Remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.